Welcome back to Movies That Matter. I'm your host, Chris Flaherty. Thank you for joining us, and Happy New Year. Uh, we're doing a little something different to start out the new year, um, and I know we just did something different to end the new year. So I'm throwing a lot of curveballs at you, but I promise you're going to enjoy it. Uh, last time we talked about different versions of a certain film. Now we're talking about the films that make up a certain actor's career, which is very exciting, and I hope we can do more of these. But today we're talking about the films of Audrey Hepburn, um, the woman you see on the posters of all the dorm rooms. But pretty, so pretty much, much every dorm room. Every <laughs> dorm room, yeah. And my guest is Sarah Eshelman. Sarah, welcome back. Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me back again. I'm so excited. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Sarah is an English and journalism teacher here in Burlington, North Shore resident and southeastern Pennsylvania native, and my Audrey Hepburn uh, guide. Sorry. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I've be, I really became an expert this summer. You so did. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about how this came about. You did an Audrey Hepburn summer this year. Yes. Or last year. Yeah. Oh, this past summer. Yeah. How do, oh gosh, yes. Mm -hmm. In the summer of 2023 was my Audrey Hepburn summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, so here's the thing. I, as you all heard, I'm a, I'm a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I really struggle with that transition from going in the school year where I'm going like 60 miles an hour, you know, mm -hmm. working, 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 working. And then it's like, boom, summer happens and there's like nothing on the calendar. Yeah. And I do not handle that well. And mm -hmm. so early, it was like probably like end of June, just to like like kind of hold off the like summer depression, mm -hmm. I was like, I need a project. Mm -hmm. I have to, and I don't know how it came about in my head. It was probably percolating in my head, but mm -hmm. the phrase Audrey Hepburn summer, <laughs> and doesn't that sound so delightful? Like, who doesn't want an Audrey Hepburn summer? Like, I, I want an Audrey Hepburn summer now. I know, right? Just like bound about in Europe or something. Yeah, um, that did not happen. But what mm -hmm. I did do instead was I created a plan. Mm -hmm. um, it took me a little bit. I, I was I reached out to my mom. My mom is like the movie expert. Like if I'm okay. like more than I am, she knows mm -hmm. so much. And so I sent her a list of movies I was thinking of. She gave me some advice, and I took the 34 films that Audrey Hepburn has been in in terms mm -hmm. of credits, and chose 15 of them. Okay. And I worked out a calendar plan. I watched them in order. Mm -hmm. So Roman Holiday was the very first one. Mm -hmm. The very last one was Robin and Marion. And I invited people to come join me, kind of put, did a little post on social media of, hey, if you want to come join me, let me know, and I'll put you on the email list. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how it started. All right. And how did you choose the films for the marathon? I think my initial list was 17. Mm -hmm. So I think I looked at, um, I was just on IMDb, basically. I looked at IMDb, and I was like, okay, let me pick out the big ones. I think I narrowed it down to the ones where she was the main character. Okay. Um, which is why I think Robin and Marion is the last one. She was in a few other films. Her very last film was the mm -hmm. film Always with Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. She specifically wanted to work with him, actually. Yeah. Um, but she's not, like, a main character in it. So I was mm -hmm. choosing the more Audrey-centric mm -hmm. films. And again, as, as I said, I sent the list to my mom, mm -hmm. and she kind of broke down my list into keep, don't bother, and... These are like, oh, these are okay. Yeah. Um, I kept, mo I still kept most of them, but the two I dropped, I ended up dropping Green Mansions because she was like, she's playing an Amazonian native. That makes no sense. And she's mm. like, you and your guests want to throw popcorn at the screen. So like, <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one I ended up dropping was War and Peace because it was like three hours long. Oh, okay. So I'm like, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's a, that was kind of my general process. All right. And had you seen any of these films prior to this last summer, or were these all new? A few of them. New? I'm looking at the list right now. Mm -hmm. um, 
Actually, I can kind of, if it's okay if I read off. What no, I, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go. So I've definitely seen Roman Holiday before. Mm-hmm. I probably saw Sabrina before. Probably saw Funny Face. Never saw Love in the Afternoon before. Mm-hmm. Never saw Nun Story before. Never saw The Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. Definitely have seen Breakfast at Tiffany's before. Mm-hmm. Um, had never seen The Children's Hour. Definitely have seen Charade. Mm-hmm. Had, ne- had never seen Paris When It Sizzles. I've definitely seen My Fair Lady. I definitely have seen How to Steal a Million, but the last three never seen. Two for the Road, Wait Until Dark, Robin and Marion. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to put this list on the bio. On oh, absolutely. Website, just yeah. so people can, can follow see, along. And can see what, yeah. we, what I did. <laughs> I saw none of these mm-hmm. until you brought this idea up, which is always great because I love when I get to see new films for this podcast. Um, did you discover anything like new about Audrey Hepburn while you were watching this marathon? Like Any observations, any insights into her career? I think, um, oh gosh, I, I, so many different things. I know, I know you have somewhere in, in one of your questions about like, could is there anyone now who's similar yeah. to her? No, I definitely wanted to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. and we can even say like, right, I she is so unique, mm-hmm. and I think honestly, there's a reason why none of these films have been really remade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Sabrina has been remade, but like, like we don't. Yeah. No one. I think was it with um, Harrison Ford and Oh, really? Yeah. I, oh, I, I could be super wrong, though. It might mm-hmm. be someone, like, yelling at their mm-hmm. radio, being like, no, that's not right. <laughs> but, like, I, I know Sabrina's been remade. Mm-hmm. But, again, like, like, to what effect? And that's not even really one of her big ones. Like, Sabrina is not, like, amazing, and it's only saved, in my opinion, by Hepburn. Like, mm-hmm. she just has this incredible innate charisma and charm mm-hmm. that you really don't, it's not like you don't see it nowadays. I think, like, I mean, I think, like, Anne Hathaway certainly has it, like, Emily Blunt. I yeah. think there are some a number of truly incredible actresses we have today. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is that, like, particularly romantic special spark that um, Hepburn carries yeah. with her. She has a very unique voice, I've noticed. Yes. Yeah. And I'm so curious about is, like, if she is British, but she was raised and she spent a lot of time in the Netherlands. Um, okay. She was actually um, so. Some fun facts about her childhood and when, mm-hmm. when her when she was a teenager, she lived um, in the Netherlands when the Nazis were occupying that ta- oh, wow. time, and she secretly like performed dances. She was a trained mm-hmm. ballerina. She secretly performed dances to raise money for the Dutch resistance. Wow. Um, so, like, she actually really, really suffered quite a bit during World War II. I mm-hmm. was even just like, uh, I kind of did a quick skim of Wikipedia before I came here just to yeah. kind of get some dates straight. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, she suffered malnutrition, like, just wow. a lot of struggles. And if you notice, I think in her film list, she doesn't really do a lot of War War Two films. No. Um, I think, I don't know, this is totally accurate so i'm happy for someone to fact check me on this but i did hear that she was offered the role of anne frank and like an anne frank story and she was like no it's too close to my life okay um i would say the nun story is the only one that actually touches in any way on world war ii mm-hmm. and even then not as directly so i think in a lot of ways a lot of her films she's trying to kind of get away from that early trauma okay and has more like a fun yeah. fun stories her life could be a film in itself absolutely based on what we just discussed wow yeah um okay so yeah interesting facts about audrey Hepburn's mm-hmm. career you would like to share um yeah i wanted to talk about how like modern hollywood like do we have like movie stars anymore oh yeah because i've i know like today it's all about brands right mm-hmm. like yes. i mean the biggest film last year was barbie yeah but margot robbie like she's a very prolific actress but like 
do we go to see Margot Robbie films? Um, mm, mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino. I, I mean, Quentin Tarantino, like, I love his films, but some of his views are iffy, yeah, in my opinion. as a human being. Like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, he said something like, the idea of a movie star is not really a thing anymore. People go to see the character. Like, you don't go mm. to see... Well, I would go see to see a Chris Evans film, but people go to see Captain America, not Chris Evans. Like, what do you think about that? Uh, like, is, yeah, like, the idea of a movie star gone? Or? I, oh, I, I agree and disagree. I think it's... It's more like the system is radically different. So, like, for me, I actually do go see movies because of the actors. Me too. Um, So, like, if as an actor I respect or admire, I Mm -hmm. would go see that movie because I I respect and admire them. Mm -hmm. But that's more because of the craft of acting and the fact that they themselves are very good at their job. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, they're solid. They're good at their job. I'm going to go see that because I know it's going to be quality. Mm -hmm. Um. But and I, I'm actually I'm literally reading a book. Um, I got this from my secret snow pal um, at work. Um, An Audrey in Rome. It's actually a collection of photographs. Um, she spent 20 years in Rome raising her family. Like wow. she took a quite a long break. So Wait Until Dark was filmed 1967. Mm-hmm. The next film she did, Robin and Marion, was 1976. Okay. So she took a long break to raise her family. Yeah. And so she was kind of in Rome. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that there's all these photographs that are taken by what we call now the paparazzi. But mm-hmm. I read something just very recently in that book that said actually back then there was a bit of an agreement between oh. photographers and actors where like, oh, you can get these photos ex- like exclusives and just make sure they like, look good in them. Oh, okay. So, and, and there was a little bit more of a machine in Hollywood as mm-hmm. well, like, you know, like in terms of the studios having so much control over the actors. Mm-hmm. So there was almost more of um, a veil in some ways between the life of the actor and the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about even just historically, um, like how many like gay actors were in the closet. Yeah. And like it was sort of open secret in Hollywood, but the audience would never know. Whereas nowadays, like, you talk about brand. I think about how so many celebrities have crafted their own brand through social media. So they can use Mm. social media to bypass the entire celebrity gossip train and speak directly to fans. Mm -hmm. So, And and also there's a far more combative, even, like, legal relationship um, now between celebrities and paparazzi. Mm -hmm. So I think we're just in a very different zone of, like, celebrity dumb and mm-hmm. and like very different zone of it, especially with social media, we have mm-hmm. people who can be quote unquote celebrities just by putting out some TikToks. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if you go viral, you're a celebrity. So yeah. it's like everyone is kind of the whole Andy Warhol. Everyone has their 15 minutes of fame. So mm-hmm. therefore, who is really a movie star? Um, yeah. So I think I think it's that, but I think it's also I, I would actually say it's for the best though because at the uh, at the time of Hepburn, I don't think Hepburn herself struggled too much with the studios, but there mm-hmm. are other actors, maybe even a little bit before her time, who really did struggle with the studio control. Yeah. And nowadays actors have like a little bit more autonomy mm-hmm. in terms of their careers. Oh, sure. I mean, Tom Cruise, like he just points and people jump. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's probably like the last big prolific name, mm-hmm. I feel, yeah. like that can draw an audience without playing a certain character. Mm, I mm-hmm. see what you mean, yeah. yeah. But I do like, I appreciate that you go see movies based on, you know, who's in them. Mm-hmm. Side note, just saw Poor Things with Emma Stone. Because I, I love Emma I'm Stone. I'm so intrigued, but I don't know. I 
We can talk about it after. Okay, we'll talk about it after. Because, yeah. man. Yeah, because I did the same thing with Saltburn because I liked, mm-hmm. um, I like em- em- Emerald Fennel. Mm-hmm. And I saw, um, oh gosh, um, Promising Young Woman. Oh my God. Yeah. Can and we, we could talk about Promising Young Woman for a while. Ooh, yeah, but that means I had to rewatch it. I don't know if I can do that. But I, oh, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess what I'm saying is maybe, but again, I think for both of us, we probably went and saw these movies not for the celebrity draw, but because like Emma Stone is an excellent actress. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Emerald Fennell is an interesting director and writer. Mm-hmm. Like it's we are more drawn to the again as I said the craft mm-hmm. and not necessarily the persona. Yeah. Whereas Hepburn has such a compelling persona mm-hmm. that she has um, that yeah. I don't think is too unlike who she really is as a person, mm-hmm. um, but it is just this like very charismatic yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, she commands the scenes. Oh, whenever she's on yeah. camera. I think I was talking about this with my mom, and she pointed out, I think I don't know the name of the cinematographer, but there's a cinematographer who said of Hepburn that it's impossible to get a bad shot of her because she's just so beautiful that you just cannot get a bad angle. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, should we discuss some? We're not going to go through all the films. Oh, no. We're not, yeah. Don't worry, y'all. We're not going to talk about 15 films. I mean, we, we could. <laughs> we could. Uh, I could go off, y'all. Yeah. Well, we picked three. Yes. We picked three. Um, and probably the most, one of her most prolific movies, I think, Roman Holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's r- get the ball rolling. So, uh, in your own words, uh, can you tell me what Roman Holiday is about? Ooh. So, Roman Holiday is about a princess of an unnamed, vaguely European, possibly Eastern European country. They were deliberately vague, mm-hmm. but she's definitely not British. No. Um, but she's a princess, and she's just going on this goodwill tour. Yeah. And she is exhausted. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to keep up the facade of being like totally fine, but she's exhausted. And she finally just breaks out and runs away mm-hmm. from her handlers and ends up in the care of a man who is actually a newspaper reporter, which I feel like we can probably talk about newspaper ethics. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, there's some ethical issues I, I, going on there. She is looking just to get a break and, mm-hmm. you know, and have a little bit of freedom in her life. And he is like, this is a story. This yeah. is a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it's really only 24 hours, actually. They spend the day mm-hmm. in, in, in Rome. And they have a Roman holiday. Yeah. But then... Uh, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it's the delight. I mean, I mean, we we can talk a little bit of spoilers. I mean, this film is um, over forty-ish years old. That's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So this is the first time I'd seen this one. So I want to hear what you thought about it. Um, I don't want to say it was my favorite of the three, but I think it might have been. That's fair. And I got this is probably the lowly millennial in me, but like I've had this epiphany in the middle of it. I'm like did Disney rip this off to like build the archetype of every Disney princess in their line? Because you have a princess who's tired of doing the princess thing. And so she runs off to find something new. And then there's this guy who's beneath her social status. And I was like, Oh, is this Aladdin? Oh my gosh. It's so, it's so cause, but now I'm thinking, I wonder if it's even older than that, because I think, I think I've, I said it like, on mic or not, but um, I have in my notes that the whole thing with Princess Margaret in real life was going on at the same time. Right. So in real life, Princess Margaret, who was Queen Elizabeth's um, sister, mm-hmm. really was having a romantic, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, affair yeah. with a commoner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my equivalent would be if right now a movie comes out 
where a pop star falls in love with a football player. Like, yeah. it's like that exact. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, but yeah, that is so interesting to think, is it the Disney ripper-off or is it more this older story somehow? Like when there's yeah. like, I don't know, who was that person? Is it, not, is it Joseph Campbell? Like, Yeah, uh, he did the hero's journey. Hero's journey. But yeah. that uh, concept that's only like nine stories. Yeah, only nine stories. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, timing-wise, 1953, they might have. They, yeah. they absolutely... I mean, they only had like two. They had Snow White and Cinderella. And then right. years later, then that's when they started pumping out the princesses. Oh, so, may- so maybe maybe this is the basis. Yeah. But I thought this was very funny. Yes, I, it's I, so funny. Her, her drunk... She's not drunk, but she's drugged. drugged. But not in a bad way. They were trying to help her sleep, and that's yeah. when she escapes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, wow, like, random guy just finds a girl on the street, and he takes her home. I'm like, in that day... In this day and age, no. Yeah. Absolutely not. But, but yeah, the journalism <laughs> ethics... <laughs> journalism ethics are a little... Mm, yeah. A little dicey. Mm-hmm. Because he, he doesn't tell her. Like He never tells her. Never tells her. Yeah. Yeah. But she pretends that she's not him, or she's not who she is either. That's true. So it's like this lovely little dance that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't discover, well, spoilers, Spoiler. until the end. Yeah. yeah. The ending, in my opinion, like, really gut punched me. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because I was Were like, you expecting her to, to run out? I was expecting a happy ending. I'm right. just, I know. Maybe it's, oh. the, maybe it's the sap in me, but I was really expecting, like, a happy like ending. He, and it's such a long shot. Sorry, y'all, for a major spoiler, but, like... Yeah. They realize it. He gives her all the photographs and mm-hmm. and tells her he's not going to hints to her. It's so, their their eye connection and their yeah. facial expressions mm-hmm. and oh, so good. And basically saying goodbye to each other. He walks down this long hallway, right? Yeah. And you're just expecting her to oh, come yeah. back out. You know, and, and didn't chase, even think about that. Like because she disappears down one door. He's leaving this like huge massive like palace and it's like this long long like um is a camera pan on the yeah on the or do- dolly yeah. yeah yeah fancy filmmaking word um <laughs> and you just think oh she's gonna run after him mm-hmm. she's gonna come after him and you're just waiting and, he, and you feel like the character is waiting for that as well like he's, right. he's not leaving he doesn't mm-hmm. leave when everyone else leaves he's taking his time mm-hmm. but no nope. <laughs> no it's kind of sad because you're like, okay, yeah. so she's just going to go back to being the princess life that she's not very happy with. Yeah. Yeah. But it is that, like, duty and the fact that her people are worried about her. And she it, mm. it's it's very much, in a lot of ways, like a, a coming of age for her. Because you yes. notice in the beginning of the film, she is in, like, sort of this, like, white n- nightgown. And she's given milk and crackers. Yeah, oh my and god. And then at the end, she's kind of wearing like kind of dressed in the sort of black or it's, it's black and white so i don't know what yeah. color actually mm-hmm. is but in a much darker um robe and she refused the milk and crack crackers and like it's like i'm fine girl like like yeah, yeah, yeah. it even though it was just one 20, uh, 24 hours she grew up mm-hmm. and she has taken on and it's like is no longer an obligation she's choosing her own duty mm-hmm. which is like so beautiful and a great character moment but it's yeah. also just like but go back to Gregory Peck. Yeah. Go back. <laughs> I mean, he's not the most honest guy in the world, but, but he showed you a good time for a day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and he regrets it. He never, he never slows the story. And, no. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he goes back to the States. I know. Does paparazzi. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. But he'll always think about her. Mm-hmm. Ugh. This yeah. was early. Was this early on in her career? So that, this is the exciting thing. Yeah. She, 
was in tiny little bit parts. This was mm-hmm. her first leading role. Okay. She exploded on the scene. Mm-hmm. Like, this was the movie, um, like, no one's ever heard of her before. Okay. And it's, it's like, introducing Audrey Hepburn. Mm-hmm. And what... What a splash. Like, yeah. what, like, a first movie. And Gregory Peck, um, so at the time, again, he was sort of the big name. Yeah. So speaking of why do we go to movies for names, mm-hmm. he was the big name. Mm-hmm. And he, first of all, loved his time filming with her. Yeah. Like, had such a great time there. And he insisted that her name goes above the title. He's like, mm-hmm. she is going to be a star. You have to put her name above the title. You have mm-hmm. to do it. Wow. So he knew. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew. Well, she's so versatile in this movie. She she can be very regal, and then she's mm-hmm. doing the slapstick yes. very well. Yes, the physical comedy is like I feel like we don't see that nowadays. I feel like Not physical comedy nowadays is more like farts. Yeah, like we no, don't exactly. have the really clever goofiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just did an episode on grown ups, so you don't have to tell oh. me twice. <laughs> this is a yes. real whiplash between episodes. Oh gosh, I'm sure. Wow, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the slapstick was great. I thought their chemistry was great. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, the one thing where he's like, I sell, and then they're like, you hear a yes. horse sound effect, and he goes, fertilize, I'm like, that's clever. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Yeah, this, the cafe, um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at my notes, I see this is not a happy ending, and three exclamation points. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was this one part, and we're talking about the comedy and stuff, she's like in bed being like, um, I guess being drugged or examined by the doctor. Right. And then there's a shot of the general. Oh, yes. And the general looks right at the camera. And oh. I'm like, is that intentional? I, I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been. It might have been like, you know, early days or whatever when, yeah, we didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. like, Or maybe he was just like, yeah, I know. She's she's not in good shape. Like, mm. just like a tongue-in-cheek moment to the audience. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Well, it's so funny to, I don't know if you ever see like old-fashioned bloopers, but like mm-hmm. film was expensive back then. So, oh, like, sure. Yeah. Sometimes you just had to kind of leave like an iffy take if it yeah. was the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why bloopers are so hard to find because they just burned them or got rid yeah, of them yeah, yeah. or taped over them. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's that's clever. I, I, sometimes, I do notice sometimes like, occasionally there's like a goofy jump that happens in the scene when you mm-hmm. know that they just cut like, like, two takes together and it's not yeah. like very like streamlined mm-hmm. um but i did not notice that uh, speaking of jump cut uh, and we'll talk about it in this one. Oh yes definitely. yeah i wonder if you know what i'm talking about um but we'll get to that yes um so in your marathon what really s- made this one stand out um i think it's definitely the one i think it's a combination of things i think it's the one that really shines who audrey hepburn herself is yeah um as well as i think story-wise it's just really good. Some of the mm-hmm. other movies, um, story-wise, are, like, not as good. Or, um, you know, she has three movies in a row. Sabrina, Funny Face, and Love in the Afternoon. Mm-hmm. Where she's paired up with a man who's, like, 30 years older than her. Mm. And it's, like, mm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a little, mm. um, And there's a few others where, like, The Unforgiven is, like, it's, it's like her only Western. Mm-hmm. And that one, I think, by today's standard, would be like, ooh, it's not really aging well, but it's an interesting. And, and just in terms of the storyline, um, it still really holds up and it's really sparkly. Mm-hmm. Um, though also one thing to think about, too, thinking about her charisma and her, um, I don't know if you found this, you know the, the scene with the hand in the mouth and mouth of truth. Yeah. So what was that? Okay, so I'll break it down for um, those who have not seen this movie. And mm-hmm. your homework is to go see this movie. Yeah. And all the other movies we're talking about. Um, have you owned Audrey Hepburn Summer? Yeah. Um, or January. Or yeah, exactly. 
Um, so there's a scene where they're at this like kind of statue, so or like a wall rather, and, and engraved into the wall is a face, mm-hmm. and there's like a mouth is kind of open, and you can put your hand inside, and it's kind yeah. of a, kind of dark, so it's deep enough, so we're like you don't know what's in there. It could be like a crab, I don't know, mm-hmm. and. Gregory Peck's character is like, this is the mouth of truth. Like, if anyone's a liar, you know, if you put your hand in the mouth, it will, it will close down uh-huh. on your hand. Yeah. And, you know, because, I, and then Chris, as you mentioned, both of them are kind of lying about their identities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he sort of challenges her to do it, and they get a shot, a picture, because there's a photographer friend, by the way, this whole time, who's taking pictures yeah. of her clandestinely, mm-hmm. um, of her day, of her kind of t- tentatively putting her hand in yeah. and she like backs away uh. and then in the movie what happens Gregory Pett's character puts his hand in and yep. then cries out mm-hmm. and makes it look like he has no hand and you know the yeah, character's yeah, yeah. freaking out mm-hmm. that was a real prank so oh. Gregory Peck told the director hey I'm gonna do this I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hand in I'm gonna act like I'm going to cry out. I'm going to act like something's wrong. I'm going to show her like an empty hand, like, because it'll be like in his like sleeve. Yeah. And then, and all that. And they captured Hepburn's genuine reaction where she's like, ah, and and she's trying to help him. And she's crying out and she shrieks and she sees and she's like, oh, you beast. It was all right. And it's like, and there's this really, and it's so beautiful. It's just a fun, and it's like, that was her. Yeah. yeah, That was her as a person and Mm -hmm. that's like that natural energy and charisma and just sort of like genuineness Mm -hmm. i guess i never would have thought gregory peck was such a jokester yeah right he always seemed very serious to me and maybe it's just because like when we watched how to kill a mockingbird in english class yes another great movie very good movie yeah yeah i I appreciate it now more now that i'm not in english class watching it actually i do wonder actually this particular film where gregory peck i think this might be one of his rare comedies. Cause I think yeah. I think this is the one where he said like every other comedy came his way had like Harry Grant's fingerprints all over it, oh. so he wasn't interested. Okay, um, but this like so it is maybe he has more of that role his dr- dramatic mm-hmm. career. Yeah, so we were talking about the photographer. What's what's the photographer's name? Oh again? no, I don't remember. Um, I can see his face so clearly. Like um, Jim, no. Talk about physical comedy as well. Irving, Irving, Irving. Yeah, yeah. He calls him up and like, what the heck is he doing? Do you remember when he's like first calling him up to get him to do? Oh, he's like doing some weird fishing thing with his wife. I I don't think it was his wife. I think it was a model. Oh, okay. (laughs) He had a lot of girls. I I got Mm -hmm. the impression. So I think he's he's a photographer. I think he's just trying to capture a photograph. Mm -hmm. And she looks like she's fishing over this balcony. Okay. And I think part of the hook is on his leg. And so he drops his leg down, takes the photo. So that way the pole and the the line is at tension to make like an interesting photograph. That's my best guess. And that's me having watched the movie like at least five times now. Okay. Oh, okay. That my next question. Um, you've watched it five times, at have least. You, yeah. Have you reintroduced it to other people in those five times, or was there like a distinct rewatch that you remember? You know what's so funny is that I was thinking about this earlier, like a little. I was like, when did I see all these movies? Um, because I was definitely a bit of like a movie junkie when I was like a kid. Like mm-hmm. there was some movies I just watched over and over and over again. Um, but I don't remember when my first. Hepburn movie was and I think they were all in college okay. and I definitely know I saw Charade when I was in college because I do have a memory of watching that with friends mm-hmm. um, but I, I really don't I would say I think um, this summer 
watching Roman Holiday, but I don't know if anyone I watched it with it was new for them. So congratulations to my first person to nice. like. Did it. I've, t- I've told other people that to watch it. Yeah. I don't know if they followed through. What's your favorite part of this movie? Probably the hand of truth. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. The, the, it's such a great, it's a great bit. And then just at the end when they're just like, like, like hugging each other, mm-hmm. like sort of in relief. That, well, yeah, she's yeah. in relief that like, and he's laughing. It's just, I don't know, like seeing this, you know, they're genuine smiles. Like, yeah, Gregory Peck is genuinely smiling and laughing mm-hmm. because he pulled a funny joke on his co- colleague. Yeah, yeah. Like, and honestly, I'm sure the director was thrilled because he got a good shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably that's probably my favorite scene, actually. Yeah. I I love the pajamas bit. I don't know why. Wait, which one was that? It's not even like a. It's a joke, but it's like she really wants pajamas in the yes. beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and then when she's like staying in his house, she gives him pajamas, and it's like this huge moment for him. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah, she's like, so she's like, oh, pajamas. Like, yeah. she's so, yeah, you're right. She's so excited. And even like, just, this is the film nerd in me. I like the shot where like, she's kind of like adjusting her heels under the dress. Yes. It's a good like show, not tell moment. Like, mm-hmm. okay, she's, she's done with this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So um, before we move on to the next film, what do you think makes this film such a classic? It's just good. Yeah. It's just good. And and again, you think about how that was her first big movie. Mm-hmm. She was in movies before this, but there were like bit parts, mm-hmm. barely above an extra. Yeah. Um, it's just really, really good and really beautiful. Yeah. It's like a modern day fairy tale. Really is. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think we talked about like better to have loved and lost and mm-hmm. never have loved at all. And uh, maintain your journalistic integrity. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't lie to people. <laughs> I know. Especially your boss. when. <laughs> oh, that, oh, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, that was like, stop talking. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on to Two for the Road? What a whiplash. Yep. Tell me about it. Yes. From Roman Holiday to this, I was like, wow, okay. And I, I will say, one tricky thing is that it's a bit of a whiplash, um, so I can tell people what's about right yeah, so it. two for the road um is simply a movie that explores a marriage between two yeah. people mm-hmm. um audrey hepburn plays um oh, i forget the character i'm so bad with the character names oh my god um joanna joanna yep yeah and then albert finney yeah plays the the husband howard is it howard oh, i don't know because howie was the other guy howie was the other guy Oh, that's gonna bother us. Um, we'll figure it oh out, people. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Albert Finney and Audrey Hepburn, and it's like it, it really is a like a two-handed movie where it's just those two for the whole thing. Yeah. But what's interesting, we kind of talked about this, is that it is not in order. It flips no. back and forth. You start kind of, it feels like the end of the relationship. Yes. Because they're fighting. Mm-hmm. They're clearly really unhappy with each other. I think yeah. they're already talking about divorcing each other. Mm-hmm. Like, very and and they're like in. And also the other common thread of all these are these are all road trips through France. Yeah. So this is all the times over the course of the 10 years of marriage or relationship, really, mm-hmm. where they were in a road trip going through France. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see them kind of towards like, again, it's hard to say is it, is it the end of the relationship or just 10 years it's in. A, it's like a crucial moment. Crucial moment, yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, 10 years in um, when they're fighting and then it suddenly flips mm-hmm. to when they first meet. Yeah. Um, and again, that was another like road tripping mm-hmm. situation. And, and it flips back and forth. You can tell what time it is. I, I, I had a friend of mine who was watching this who really struggled to keep track. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I didn't struggle to keep track, but that's also just because I love it when things change like that. Mm-hmm. But you can tell because of um, Hepburn's character's hairstyle. Yeah, that's what, that's what helped me get through yes, it. Yes, the yeah. hairstyle changes, and sometimes even the clothes change. Like, in 10 years in, they're definitely wealthier and better off than they were, you know, 10 years prior. Sure, yeah. So, like, you can also kind of tell by the quality of their clothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're hitchhiking in the first... Exactly. In the earliest trip. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's like a Christopher Nolan did marriage story. Basically. That's yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I would see that movie. You haven't seen that movie? Oh, no, I, I haven't oh, you seen would that, see that movie, movie, but I would also see that. I have both. <laughs> I, I would see Christopher Nolan take on a romantic comedy. No, this isn't really a comedy, but... Yeah. Yeah. But it is interesting. Yeah. It got me thinking, like, because I it was, you know, musing. I'm like, what year did this come out? And then I thought, mm-hmm. like, there was a lot of movies this time in history where there was like basically like the decay of a marriage yes you know like um what do i what did i say here uh, kramer versus kramer mm-hmm. virginia wolf scenes of a marriage i put the graduate down there it's yeah like, yeah yeah i'm just like wow what, what a bummer well, i also think too and i and i do and i want to recognize that it was a bit of a whiplash because for me at least i saw what like 10 movies mm-hmm. of hers in between because she started, Roman Holiday is 1953, so you yeah. still have the old Hollywood 1953 values. As you go through her career, you go into the 60s, mm-hmm. you can see the, the change in movie making. Yeah, for sure. And and, and I think by the time we get to the late 60s, movies are just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe trying to be a little bit more realistic. Yeah. Um, and also, I think one thing my mom wanted me to know when I, before I got into this was, like, this was before no-fault divorce was a thing. Okay. So, um, so like, the I think maybe a couple of years later, couples mm-hmm. were able to divorce each other without having to claim any kind of fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, and to me, it definitely does feel like a time capsule of the era. You think yeah. about the fashion. Like, even, like, the way people traveled and had road trips. Full three-piece suits on a road trip. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it does feel very much like a time capsule of what was going on at that time in terms mm-hmm. of people's understanding of relationships, in terms of, you know, the feminine, the, the feminist movement, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what blew my mind when I was watching this movie? What? Um, I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm listening to Howard talk. And I'm like, you, I think you know where I'm going with this. I, you know what? I did not rec- I did not realize this until like neither. Did I. I did not realize. I, I think I was reading this on IMDb. But continue. Yeah, I'm just like, this guy sounds really familiar. <laughs> and so I looked it up, and it's Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World. Blew my mind. I, I had to stop. I had to pause for a minute, and because I like I picked up like, my iPad and I showed it to my fiance. I'm like, this is Mr. Feeney. I I had no idea. I, so on the second time of watching this. Mm-hmm. I think I was just like, maybe I was just looking at the cast. I don't know what. I was rereading the trivia, and yeah. I was like, "Huh, let me look and see who played Howie." I'm like, "What?" Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wild. So wild. It's even. It was sort of wild to me to see Albert Finney and Audrey mm-hmm. Hepburn together. Yes. Because, like, in my lowly millennial mind, like, I didn't even realize like they would have been working at mm-hmm. the same time. Well, it's one of those things where, like, again, even with the um, example of. And I don't remember the actor's name, but the actor who played Mr. Feeney, we know him as Mr. Feeney. Yeah, yeah. And to see him as a young man, right, is like what? Yeah. And absolutely, Albert Finney. I mean, I think of him. Wasn't he in um, Born Identity? Am I, am I right? No, that, that's Brian um, Cox. He was. Well, I've seen him play Scrooge a oh. hundred times. Um, it's the one with Julia Roberts. 
Oh, um, Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, he's yeah, in yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where, like, generally, generationally, if we know an actor later in their career, and and, yeah. and and I mean, tragically, Hepburn died when she was only sixty-three. Yeah. So we don't get to see her having a long career as an older actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it's talk about energies, very different energies, very yeah. different like types, I guess you can mm-hmm. say. Um, Were you rooting for this couple by the end of the movie? I'm curious. Oh, that's so hard to say. I think, you know what? I kind of was thinking about this. I'm trying to see if I wrote this down. Oh, I did. To me, when I was thinking about it, because there is really interesting how frank this movie is and how honest the movie is about mm-hmm. complexity mm-hmm. in relationships and yeah. how things are not always easy. But to me, I think what I came across with this movie was that they know each other. Mm-hmm. Do they fight? Yes. Do they sometimes like really, really hurt each other and piss each other off and all that? Absolutely. But they really know each other in a very deep way that other people don't. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just kind of because I think at the very end when they're both like kind of escape the party. <laughs> yeah. Neither of them want to be there. They kind of right. like get to leave, but they have this almost this, in some ways they're acting like a team, mm-hmm. even as they're bickering. Yeah. It's like they still act as a team. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if I'm. I, I mean, I think they should both get like proper couples therapy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and maybe just like each work on their own like issues. But I don't know. I, I think it, it's it's more like kind of the complexity of it. Yeah, yeah. I love how he calls her out on cheating, but like, oh, I know, bro. What, what were you doing in a? What were you doing a while back? It, it, it's so, yeah, and again, it's so the time capsule of the time, and it's so gendered. Yeah. How, like, okay, he, and but, but it, again, it's like, it's like, oh, what he did was fine because his feelings were involved. And it's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Was like, his come feelings on. involved? Like, I don't ooh. think so. Like, her feelings um, were more involved than his. Her, you know, I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah. hers is the bigger betrayal or whatever, and it's yeah. like, no, like, they both cheated. Yeah. Um. Could I indulge in some celebrity gossip? Yeah, go for it. I love so, tea. So, oh, I got the tea. Mm-hmm. So the tea is. Um, this has been confirmed by Albert Finney's friends, but okay. as far as I know, no one in Audrey Hepburn's camp has actually confirmed this. Okay. But the tea is that Audrey Hepburn and Albert Finney had an affair on set. While she was married, but her marriage was falling apart, and she actually did wow. end up divorcing her first husband. Art imitating life. I know, and actually, and that's why the whole scene where he confronts her over her infidelity was really hard to film because it was a little yeah, bit too I, close I, to I home. Can, I can imagine <laughs> a little why. too close to home. But <sighs> apparently, people said that Finney was able to bring out something in Hepper, and she was really happy around him, and like yeah. very like like again because she is so not to be like classes but she's so upper class and aristocratic and he's a little bit more like low like like yeah, lower yeah, class yeah. working class and mm-hmm. so but they were able to bring out different energies out of each other and apparently as i said the tea is interesting even all these years later is still piping hot y'all <laughs> so that's why that's why uh they had such chemistry on screen and all right there it's you like, go uh, harrison ford and carrie fisher years later we oh find my out gosh, right yeah. no you never know what's going on behind the scenes never know um i did you say you had some interesting facts about this? Or is that the interesting fact that you wanted to share with this That was one of the interesting facts, certainly. Okay. Um, the other one, so they actually directed themselves in a few scenes. Really? 
Yeah, so it, it was a very like avant-garde style of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I don't know which scenes, unfortunately, but it might have yeah. been like some of the car scenes or this and that. But yeah. um, there were a few times when um, the director, oh, was that is that Stanley Dolan? I think. Yeah, this was Dolan. Yeah, yeah. Um, let them be the ones to sort of run things. Yeah. And Hepburn was initially a little bit nervous about doing this because mm-hmm. the last time she did a movie that was more avant-garde, unusual filmmaking was mm-hmm. um, Paris when it sizzles, mm-hmm. and that one tanked. Yeah. Um, that that one's okay. I didn't mind it, mm-hmm. um, but Paris when a sizzle, she is reunited with her former co-star from Sabrina and William Holden. Okay, M- Morty on Sabrina, <laughs> she and William Holden also had a fling, but not, neither were married. But because William Holden couldn't have children, she broke it off. Wow. But he was still in love with her all those years later when they reunited ten years later for another movie. He was still in love with her, but she was like obviously not. Um. But that one, she had so much fun filming it, but mm-hmm. the final result, again, this is Paris when it sizzles, yeah. wasn't as good. So she was like very reluctant to do another mm-hmm. avant-garde style filmmaking. Yeah. Um, but I think the script won her over, yeah. and, she, and she agreed. Mm-hmm. We, we talked a little bit about the transitions in this movie. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love how like a car will drive by, mm-hmm. and like it's not even like fancy special effects or anything. It's just the idea of a car passing, mm-hmm. and they, they do a very clever thing where it's like the model of the car from the certain period. Yes. That's how they like sort of clue us in into what's going on. Yeah, it's, it's really, it is really clever the way that the time shifting mm-hmm. is, is visually takes place. Yeah. Um, oh, the other fun fact I have for this, ready, mm-hmm. is so this one came out the same exact year as the movie Wait Until Dark. Okay. And Hepburn could have been nominated as Best Actress in both movies, but they couldn't have her twice in the same category the same year. Interesting. So the Academy just was like, okay, we'll just pick one. And they selected Wait Until Dark, and that's her only horror-slash-thriller movie where she mm-hmm. plays someone being like you know menaced by mm-hmm. Alan Arkin. Um Alan Arkin? Yes, Alan Arkin. He okay. plays the bad guy in that one. Menacing Alan yeah. Arkin. Yes. All right. He's menacing. And actually, it was very hard to cast anyone for that role because no one wanted to be mean to Audrey Hepburn. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the Academy decided to nominate her for that one. She didn't win. I forget who won that year. Um, I personally, Wait Until Dark is great. She does a great job. Mm-hmm. It's But that one's very much of a, um Oscar bait situation because she's okay. playing a blind woman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Oscars love it when actors, you know, like... Sure. Exactly. Yeah. So, it was a little bit Oscar-baiting that way. I think she should have been nominated for Two for the Road. Okay. Because acting-wise, and I think this is why I think I had that, you had that question about, was it standing out? Yeah, what stands out with this film opposed to other Because all the other her? films, I think Roman Holiday and also How to Steal a Million are both, and we're going to talk about that one next. Yes, we are. Um, are both so emblematic of the kinds of characters she plays. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think she ever plays a bad guy, actually. I think Joanna is probably like as bad as it gets in terms yeah. of um, wrongdoing. Yeah. And, and she's not even really that bad other mm-hmm. than, you know, the affair. But she has an affair. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's not that's not great, but it's no. also human, I guess what it is. Yeah. She's not playing a villain. So mm-hmm. She never plays a villain. Um, she often plays sort of that sort of love interest, um, ingenue style mm-hmm. role in almost all of her films. And this is the one film where she really is playing a fairly complex character. And I think acting-wise, like I've, I've heard of people criticizing Hepburn and saying that she's a limited actress, which I think... 
is unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as an actress, Hepburn does quiet very well. I think she, she does, does stillness and mm-hmm. very in, in interiority very well. Like she can show the interior emotions of a character. She herself was quite introverted, mm-hmm. um, which made playing extroverted characters such as um, Holly Golightly and Professor Tiffany is really challenging for her. Yeah, But she can do emotions really well. Um, and I think she is a very good scene partner mm-hmm. with um, whoever she's playing against. Yeah. So acting-wise, this is just a more complex role mm-hmm. compared to all the other roles that she was in. Um, and I think, I think I, I, in my opinion, I think it's the best acting of her career, and I think yeah. a lot of other critics would agree with me. Yeah. Was this her, I think in your notes, in our, in, in our emails, this is her second-to-last film? Was that, is that what you said? Or? Not a second-to-last. Okay. Um, actually, I forget what I said on my emails. Okay. Um, the last big, big film where she was the main role was Robin and Marion. Okay. Um, and she plays opposite Sean Connery. See, she's just so versatile. Like she's so versatile. playing with Finney. She's playing with Peck. She's playing with O'Toole. Like mm-hmm. she three, play, plays many with, different like yes. styles and caliber of actors on stage. Absolutely. Screen. Excuse me. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, in terms of like major roles, Robin and Marion was her yeah. last big one. Mm-hmm. What do you think allows audiences to really like connect with this one? With Two for the Road. Two for the Road. Yeah. It's so human. Yeah. You know, it's so human. It's so recognizable. Um, I was cracking up at the road trip with the friends and the oh bratty child. I went, oh, that kid was so annoying. It was awful. So bad. It's like, it's like, so again, they go on a road trip and they're with like two friends and the two friends have a child who's just terrible. A brat. And I think yeah. actually it's kind of funny because like clearly they're like modern parents of that time and yeah. doing specific modern style parenting. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, you can imagine like, oh, there was just some people around. I do not ever want to be on a road trip with them. Absolutely not. <laughs> like, Never. Um, and it's also, and as I said too, in terms of how relationships can be really complicated. Because again, that question of, okay, these two people have both like cheated on each other. They've mm-hmm. both really hurt each other. Um, you know, like in all these different ways, how do they stay together? Well, I think yeah. that's not universal because not, not, that's not a descriptor of every relationship but that right. thing is something we we can all recognize as part of being human yeah love is a tri- a trial in mm-hmm. a way um and even towards the end like it's not i don't want to say it's a happy ending but there's hope at the end of this movie that like yeah. they'll continue on mm-hmm. um one of the funniest last lines or exchanges i've ever seen in a film i oh, can't gosh. i can't say it because then i'll have to bleep it out Oh, he, yes, He you're calls right. her yeah, a B-word. Yeah, 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 yes. She calls him a B-word. Yes, you're right. Okay. And then I, I took me drive a off to happily like, into the sunset. Yes. Yeah. But it is, and, and it's funny how, like, they reassert, again, both the prickliness of the characters, but also the genuine love and care of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. They, they share a kiss, and, you know, the music is swelling and stuff, mm-hmm. and you're just laughing because they just swore at each other. Exactly. And, yeah. and, she, and she played the same joke on him again, right? Yeah, the, the passport whole, joke. The passport yeah, joke. Yeah, I love the passport joke. That is like, that's the a constant beginning. in everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, all right. I know this one's your favorite, so let's get to it. This one's definitely up there. I, I yeah. straight up bought this one. I, this is so fun. How, How to, to Steal s- a Million. How to Steal a Million. I love art heist. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. not to say I'm ever going to commit a crime because I'm not. I'm a good person, y'all. Don't, don't. But I would love to. This see is that. recording. <laughs> I just love the idea of an art heist. It's just so fun. Well, like that's when like you, you, the writers really think clever. I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, how to steal a million um, is 
a story. Well, it's a little bit com- complicated because Audrey Hepburn plays a character whose name, again, I forget. I just know her as Hepburn. It's Was it Nicole? Yes, it's Nicole. Nicole yeah. Yes. Um, Nicole, whose father is an art forger. Yeah. <laughs> really good one. Really good art forger. And she's like, and I love I love their exchanges. He's like, it's a crime. He's like, I'm not stealing from poor people. I'm stealing from millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what happens is a statue, which is estimated to be about a million dollars, which mm-hmm. is a forge forgery a forged, uh, that his that his father did. Yeah. And and because he doesn't do he doesn't do statues. His father did statues. Yeah. Um, and it's in a museum, and the museum's like, oh yeah, but we just need to make sure that it's genuine. And they don't even say it's genuine. It's just it's like a it's an appraisal, an or appraisal, an, like an insurance policy. Exactly, it's yeah. an insurance policy. To insure it for a million dollars, but oh, in order for the insurance policy to go through, you know, to check all the boxes, we just need to go, make it go through some tests. And those tests will show that it's a forgery. And then the yeah. entire, you know, mythos of the art collection of this, you know, gentleman is going to come crashing down. Right. So, as much as Audrey Hepburn's character, Nicole, is really frustrated with her father mm-hmm. and the fact that he continues to forge art and to sell fake art. Um, she also wants to protect him. Yeah. And she enlists a burglar mm-hmm. um, who she did catch trying to burgle in her home mm-hmm. to help her steal a million dollar statue yeah. from a museum. I love that this is like the, the heist or the stakes of the heist are much more personal. Mm-hmm. instead of monetary gain like she's trying to protect her father's reputation exactly yeah. and it, it's very confusing to the burglar who is played by Peter O'Toole with his bonnie blue eyes yeah um, Peter O'Toole is so fun in this one too like just really great great performances all around I on love the his father. dry humor just throughout <laughs> the father is a very eccentric looking man oh uh, yeah Hugh Griffith yeah. Um, I wrote down the quote that he said, which I adore. He, I forget the context now, but the quote, we live in a crass commercial world with no faith or trust. Yeah. If it ought to be coming out of the mouth of an art forger. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, but it's definitely funny because, um, and I forget the name of the burglar too. Peter O'Toole's character is very confused as to why do you want to steal your own statue? Yeah. Like, why do you want to do that? But I, yes, it's a much more personal. Yeah. Again, we have Hepburn and her leading man mm-hmm. leading duplicitous lives, but yes. not letting each other know. That is true because the burglar is he a burglar? I don't know. We can talk about it. It's That's fine. true. Yeah. <laughs> Which Spoilers. I'm, I'm like, he's very committed to the bit. He I, is. I will say that. He is. But as we know, he falls in love with her. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's like. It's Audrey Hepburn. It's Audrey Hepburn. Like, yeah. Like, why, why would you not commit to the bit? Yeah. It's like, I'm not actually a burglar, but for you, Hepburn, I would be. <laughs> no, we talked about, like, the slapstick and the comedy and, like, the other films. There's mm. a lot in this one, too. Yes, there is. Yes. Particularly the, the whole boomerang scenario. Mm-hmm. I was like, they're spending a lot of time on this boomerang in the park. And then, like, we get to the heist. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. But here's the thing. It makes sense. I. It would work. That yeah. would definitely work. And it did. Yeah. So so for listeners who are unfamiliar with this movie, and again, your homework is to go watch it. Yep. Um, the statue is surrounded it's by the electric eye. It's like this really like state-of-the-art for that time. So like, yeah. you know, 1960s. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like if you cross the beams, mm-hmm. it lets off this huge alarm. And it's a really loud alarm, too. Even yeah. for a viewer, it's very loud. And um, what he does is he uses a boomerang to set off the alarm. Mm-hmm. 
and just keep setting off so then they think it's a problem yeah. like, like a electrical problem very clever very clever and they just turn off the alarm yeah and then but he's like it worked <laughs> yeah i'm sitting there like why aren't you positioning a guard or anything no no backup nope. plan nope you're just going to turn off the, the alarm yep yeah so uh, we talked about you love heist films what mm-hmm. what do you love about this heist film particularly you know what it is it, it's fun mm-hmm. i think too for me i don't love it when there's I, I don't personally like violence um or like any kind of darkness and that i think to me like it's it's actually in a lot of ways a victimless victimless crime mm-hmm. um i mean i'm sure someone got fired but like yeah probably like you know they're stealing they're stealing her own stature for one thing mm-hmm. um so not even really stealing from like someone who is the rightful owner mm-hmm and it's so it kind of because the stakes are high in that they're personal, but the stakes are not like harmful, I guess, to anybody. Yeah. Um. So then it's you kind of get to watch this really fun, clever plan. Yeah. Follow through. Mm-hmm. And, and we, also just the chemistry as well between yeah, Hepburn and like, O'Toole. We like, spend a lot of time with the two of them, yes. like planning and getting to know each other. And again, mm-hmm. Hepburn, like wonderful chemistry with another leading man. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're stuck in a closet for a long time in this movie. Yes, they are stuck in a closet, so it's very yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, what was I? Gonna, oh, it, it's just outrageous, like the whole like premise and everything. Even mm-hmm. like the little things where the art collector wants to propose to her so we can get his hands on the statue. That Oh, gosh, who plays that? That's Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach, yeah. yes. That, it's not even just that. I just love the whole bit, how he's like – how. It, He's like, I got into art collecting to calm me down. He's like, I never been more calm in my life. And he's yeah. like this really intense guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think it's more like just someone who's just very intense, which maybe makes him really successful in his businesses, but yeah. also maybe a bit of a handful. Mm-hmm. A little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do think also not, I think because Hepburn's character, Nicole is just so relieved to know, because I think she was at first worried that he was on to her father's forgeries. Yes. And I think she's so relieved to know. Um, I don't think he actually intended to marry her just for the statue. Mm-hmm. I think because she was finally nice to him, she might have been like the first woman to actually like <laughs> <laughs> be nice to Maybe. him. Maybe he's like, oh wow, because mm-hmm. <laughs> again, the, the he's a bit of an intense guy. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's definitely some. I don't want to say it's an intense movie, but there are some intense moments. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also a lot of funny moments. Like I like when. Um, at the end, Peter O'Toole is talking to the father, and it's like, I think it's time one of us retires. Mm. And the dad's like, all right, should we flip a coin for it? And I'm like, bro, come on. You're an art forger. But, but, and then he's like, I already did. You lost. And the fact that he takes he's like, oh, well. <laughs> like, <laughs> but then, like, as they're driving out, yes. and then, like, the collector from before, which is a very nice touch. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, that was a, that's a cousin. And he's like, oh, you're getting pretty good at lying. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, now, now it's like this, like, you know museum security expert and art forgeries expert has married into a family of art forgers <laughs> yeah they they could have franchised this they really could have yeah no actually here's a fun fact for mm-hmm. you you ready yeah how to steal a million was directed by the same director as roman holiday oh, okay and Did not know the that. director of roman holiday was planning on doing this movie right after okay um with uh i think it was stanley kubrick Kubrick would, yeah. would involved, and it was going to also involve Gregory Peck again. So it would have been a Hepburn Peck 
duo one more oh, time okay. with a darker tone to the movie. Oh yeah, I mean Kubrick, yeah. Yeah. I don't see this working as a dark film. I know. I think I think whatever happened to forestall this mm-hmm. and allow the movie to percolate for like another like 13 years mm-hmm. and for Hepburn to be paired up with O'Toole, like mm-hmm. I think whatever ha- that was the best path. Yeah. Like, it's like you think about the different possible timelines of this world. Sure, yeah. That was definitely the better timeline. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. But um, fun fact, that could have been very different. Yeah. And obviously, we, we talk, we're we talking about Hepburn because this mm-hmm. is the Hepburn episode. Yes. This this role, in distinct from the other two, I just, I find like there's a little more, um, she's more in charge, the character, mm, in a way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I see that. She's, she's running the show a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think in some ways she's still a little, I mean, I don't want to say like dependent on the male character, but mm-hmm. she needs him to come up with the plan, but she is the one who's kind of pushing him right. into creating the plan. Yeah. Or at the very least giving him like the big like doe eyes and like the tears yeah. to encourage him to actually stick with the plan and, and follow through. Yeah, But she goes on the heist too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's there. And I, th- I wonder if that actually might be a bit of a trajectory. Again, Roman Holiday was very early in her career. Mm-hmm. Um there are a few movies where she's a little bit more, as you say, like more in charge of her destiny, more in charge of her fate mm-hmm. um, than before. But yeah. yeah, she's definitely like involved. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I've never heard of this one before. I, in fact, I've only heard of Roman Holiday before. Mm-hmm. Why do you think more people should see How to Steal a Million? I it know because this fun. Yeah, it's a fun time, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's just an enjoyable. Movie, I, th- I think in general, I think older movies, I, I, we should not forget them. These old mm-hmm. classic movies that, yes, they're old, um, but we shouldn't forget the movies because a lot of the films we see today are still built on what started in the past. Yeah. And they're still gems. Mm-hmm. And there's still something to to discover and to enjoy mm-hmm. and to marvel over. Like, I think I've mentioned Audrey Hepburn to my students and they're like, who? And I'm like, you're killing me. You know, wow. like, <laughs> like, parents, teach your children, raise them right, and tell them about Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> you know, we're talking about old films and stuff. You know what I think is something that we've lost in film is the idea of opening credits. Oh, yeah. Like, we, don't, we just don't do that anymore. We dive right into the action. And in the opening credits, sometimes they really, it's not just like the actors, because sometimes we still have them where it's like the actors, mm-hmm. but it's like the actors, and then you see art director. Yeah. <laughs> like you see like who are the stunt, like all the things we said at the end, they happen, yeah. you're right, they happen in the beginning. Yeah. And the, even like Two for the Road and mm-hmm. How to see, they're very visually striking. Yes. Like they help set the tone for the movie. I was going to say, you really should see Charade at some point, because okay. Charade does that as well. Yeah. And that's another one where it's the, um, Alfred Hitchcock movie that Alfred Hitchcock never made. Um, okay. So. I've, di- I like do like an annual Hitchcock dive like every time around Halloween. Like oh, I, yeah. I, I so you should throw Charade in. Yeah. And Charade also, because of copyright issues, it's um, but it's been in public domain since it came out. Ugh. <laughs> we can never talk about public domain. I, this whole Mickey Mouse thing has been really, <laughs> there's two horror films already. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, and you told me about the one of the yeah. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, as an Audrey Hepburn novice, where do I go next? Because we've only Ooh. talked, touched on a th- I don't know a third maybe. Of Not what? even. Yeah. Um, if you were to go, yeah, I guess it depends on what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. So, if you just want to see more of Audrey, just being her sparkly Audrey, delightful self, 
I would go with Funny Face. Um, I would go with Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is so interesting because that's the one where people say she's miscast. Interesting. Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, Truman Truman Capote. Capote. I forget. I'll say his name. Not Warhol. No. I don't say Warhol's not involved in that. No, 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 no. no. Um, but he he wanted Marilyn Monroe to play oh, the okay. lead. He wanted Marilyn Monroe I could to see play, that. and it it, it like. It totally wrinkles my brain. Like, I would love to see the version of Breakfast at Tiffany with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Because they're such different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually argue that Hepburn, while miscast in some ways, I think still does a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely Charade. Again, if you want the sparkly Hepburn mm-hmm. charm, Charade. Um, and then, of course, again, as I said, Hell to Still, Million, Roman Holiday. Mm-hmm. If you're more interested in more serious, again, it depends on what I guess it depends on what you're interested in. If you want the sparkly charm, Roman Holiday, How to Steal a Million, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Charade, mm-hmm. go for those. Um, and Funny Face. If you want something more serious, she personally, as an actress, loved the Nun story. Okay. So the Nun story is like kind of a biography of a woman who went into become a nun. Served as a nun and like I think went to Belgian Congo, mm-hmm. and then leaves the nunnery. Like she okay. kind of like she quits. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie only exists because Hepburn was interested in it because no one, no one, the okay. studio would pick it up. The mm-hmm. director, I think it was Fred Zinnemann, I think it was. Mm-hmm. He really wanted to put it on, but no one would pick it up. Hepburn okay. was the one who was like, "I want to do this role," mm-hmm. and that's where it got the funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the one actually that most fits her own life and her own personality as well. Mm-hmm. Because one thing to keep in mind about Hepburn, not only did she go through so much as a child, a lot of what she experienced informed her work with UNICEF. Mm-hmm. So she took a break from acting to raise her family. Mm-hmm. She went back into acting. Partly Robin and Marion, she went back to acting because the kids loved Sean Connery and wanted her to work with him so they mm-hmm. could meet him. Nice. <laughs> well, who um, wouldn't? Um, exactly. And but then she took another break in the last couple of years of her life, like last like four or five years of her life, she worked with UNICEF and she was a goodwill ambassador. And oh, just I did not know that. very passionately involved in like going to places where there was famine, going to places where there was suffering mm-hmm. and raising awareness. Yeah. Um so I think about the nun story, it's a little long and it's not like the most exciting movie. Mm-hmm. But if you want to kind of get a sense of Audrey Hepburn, not only as an actress who can do quiet very well, but also as just, okay, this is kind of more closer to her heart okay. as a human being, mm-hmm. that's what, that's one we can go to. Right. Um, and again, we can like talk yeah. more about like the significance of her later life and Eunice stuff. We can talk about that in a second. Yeah. The other serious one, and this one, I was sobbing at the end of this one, um, The Children's Hour. Okay. Children's Hour is a movie based on a play by Lillian Hellman. Mm-hmm. And it's about two teachers, um, Shirley MacLaine and okay. Audrey Hepburn, who right. play friends, they're teachers, they own they run a school, like kind of like a little like kind of like a house style school, boarding yeah. school kind mm-hmm. of thing. And one child who's particularly cruel and oh you you're gonna hate this kid. Yeah. She spreads a terrible rumor alleging that they actually are lesbians. I know, in a lesbian relationship. And this, by the way, is, was it, 1961. Okay. And the tragedy is that for one of them, it's true. Don't tell me which one. I won't. Um, but it, it's it, it's so sad because you see the poisonous of this rumor. 
you see how it affects them. But also, like, you know, we're thinking about now where it's like, like, I'm just thinking about today and what the um, LGBT community is going through today. Sure. And Shirley MacLaine, um, there's actually is a movie I want to see, not a movie, but it's like a documentary called The, Sol- the Celluloid Closet. Where they talk about, um, I, I, she is interviewed in it because she's talking about this movie, The Children's mm-hmm. Hour, and she's like, we did not really seriously consider the subject matter we we're dealing with, like yeah. about um, the character's lesbianism and like like the character's experiences. So she's kind of saying we're not really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not handled amazingly well, but it is such a snapshot of the time period. Okay. Um, but again, I was crying so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, it's it's really good, and of course, Hepburn is just incredible as always. Mm-hmm. And Shirley MacLaine, oh my gosh, yeah, sure. If 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 you've never seen The Apartment, I have not. Oh, you have to go. Gosh, who is the? I have some homework Jack Lemmon. You got some homework. The classic movies, yeah. y'all. The Apartment, Shirley MacLaine, and Jack Lemmon. Okay. Freaking amazing. So good. All right. Um. So those are the more serious ones. And the other one, um, I would say, is Wait Until Dark. That's the one that she was nominated as mm-hmm. an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the one where my friend and I screamed at the same part. Okay. <laughs> um, that, that Again, she is playing a blind woman who may or may not have a doll that ended up in her house that's filled with drugs. Okay. And there was some it's criminals com- who were comedy. Trying it is not a comedy. Okay. <laughs> it's a thriller. It's a horror. There's some criminals who are trying to like, they're menacing her and trying to like get information as to what, where that doll is. And Whoa. Yeah. And okay. again, she is like a recently blind woman. Yeah. So. This was the Oscar bait one, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's the one that she was nominated for an Oscar. She, she won the Oscar for Roman Holiday. Okay. Um, I think she was nominated a few other times, but I do know for a fact that What's, she was nominated. I thought she was nominated for My Fair Lady. I think she was. Yeah. yeah. Do you know the tea behind that? Ooh, what is the tea? Oh, oh, there is some piping hot tea on that one. Yeah, so um, what was it? Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews. Yeah, originated the role Mm -hmm. on Broadway, and Warner Brothers was like, nah, Audrey Hepburn instead. Mm -hmm. And so that freed Julie Andrews up to do a little movie called Mary Poppins. It was a little movie. And then uh, a few Oscar ceremonies later, two actresses are nominated for Best Actress, and Julie Andrews beats... Audrey Hepburn. Mm-hmm. And Julie Andrews never held it against Hepburn. They, no. She always knew who it was. So it was it was specifically Jack Warner yeah. who did this. And in her acceptance yes. speech, mm-hmm. she, and oh, Julie Andrews, what a classy lady. Yeah. Just in her beautiful, like, I can't even try to imitate her, but she just says, and, and many thanks to the man who made all this possible, Jack Warner. And people lost it. Yeah. They, started, they were like, oh, and they're laughing, and like, and she just smiles, and she's not wrong. No, she's not wrong. <laughs> um, I, I, I struggle, my fair lady, I actually, I think that Hepburn does a good job for what she was given. Okay. But she was really frustrated because she worked really hard on her singing because she could sing. Yeah. She does not have the range that um, you know, Julie Andrews has. And she's doing an accent too while she's singing, right? She's doing an accent while she's singing. Um, but her voice is a little bit lower. Like in Breakfast at Tiffany's, she sings in that one as well, just a little tune, and that's her real voice. Yeah. In My Fair Lady, she is actually singing in some, and I think most of the song, Just You Wait, Henry Higgins. Mm-hmm. And then in some of the, um, I Could Have Danced All Night. Okay. So whenever it's a little bit on the lower register, that's mm-hmm. her. Okay. But once it gets like really high up, mm-hmm. um, that's Marty Nixon. Pretty sure it's Marty Nixon. Okay. Um, 
I didn't know they had like someone cover for her. Oh the, yes, yeah. yes, she was absolutely dubbed, but she was really frustrated yeah. by the fact that she was dubbed because she worked really hard, and they never they 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 didn't um, change the tune down. Now the mm-hmm. lead actor, ooh, whose name I'm forgetting, Rex but, Harrison. Yes, yes. He what well, he did originate, I believe, yeah. in on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't sing. Okay. If you notice, he does a kind of a pattern. No, it's like song speaky. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he specifically doesn't sing. So they were able to be like, oh, you don't actually have to sing Rex Harrison. Sorry, Audrey Hepburn, we're going to dub you over. Anyway, yeah. I, I actually think she does a great job. Because again, she does stillness well. She does the inner emotions really well. And so yeah. that scene when she comes back from her big debut at the ball and her big success yeah and no one is paying attention to how she's feeling mm-hmm. and everyone's like we're so brilliant blah 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 and like not treating her like a person yeah and her sadness and her anger like she does that scene so well yeah. that actually that were, that's sort of like a parallel to the opening for roman holiday mm-hmm. when she's like greeting everybody right and she's like i want to go home yeah. yeah like she's so exhausted so yeah. um yeah, those are my recommendations. Yeah. All right, so I got a lot of homework. Yeah. Everyone's got some homework to yeah. do. <laughs> so if I were to wrap, if you were to wrap this all up, mm-hmm. uh, why do the films of Audrey Hepburn matter or matter to you? Um, I think they matter to me for a couple reasons. One, they're just darn fun. Um, they are such snapshots of the time era. Like if you want to know what culturally people were at in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. you know like I, I didn't mention um the unforgiven i mentioned it briefly like that one i didn't love um because it's a western and the kind of like oh how, how is it dealing with you know depictions of indigenous people i don't know mm-hmm. um but it is still a snapshot of what that era was mm-hmm. um but i think largely why we should care about audrey hepburn not only is she just just a incredible actress, incredible human being. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned before, she, last couple of years of her life, was heavily involved in UNICEF. Yeah. Really one of the first times an actor or a celebrity gave up a career to dedicate their, themselves to humanitarian work. Yeah. Um, celebrities have been doing humanitarian work before. You think about, like, even during World War II, where they did those, like, tours to try to keep up. Yeah. You know, the spirits of the mm-hmm. troops. Think about like Jane Fonda and her activism, yeah. like in the in the seventies. Mm-hmm. But Hepburn sort of fully dedicated herself to the work of humanitarianism. Mm-hmm. And nowadays we we see like Angel- Angelina Jolie who's walking away from Hollywood yes. to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit more common. It's yeah. almost like if you're a celebrity, you don't have a humanitarian cause. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Um, but Hepburn was, I, I think, one of the biggest and one of the first. Okay. Very nice. So I think just she was just a great lady. Yeah. yeah. Very versatile actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly, like, we went from rom- – well, we went from right. romantic comedy to romantic tragedy mm-hmm. to heist comedy. And yes. so many other films throughout, which are available on demand or at your local library. I almost exclusively use the library. Okay. <laughs> Y'all go to the local library, just put in the thing, put in a little request, and if you'll get it. Support physical media. Yes, Especially because they're just pulling the movies off left and right. Oh, it's so terrible. Yeah. Sarah, this is great. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much for coming back. Oh, my gosh. And thank you for – I've been so looking forward to talking about this. Good. I'm glad. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. It's very educational for me, and I love watching classic films like this. And uh, I look forward to your third appearance on the podcast. Ooh, I have to brainstorm right. possibilities for that. You one. got time though. That's true. I got yeah. time because I gotta play catch up 
right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, clearly. Yeah, y'all yeah, have homework. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank. No, you. we could do the apartment. Sorry. Anyway, no. continue. <laughs> uh, which one? The apartment? No, that's that's the one. I'm sure I'm Glenn and Jack Lemon. Oh, I. That sounds rough. I don't know if I could do that right now. No, I will. I'll. I'll. I'll send you an email. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you for listening to Movies That Matter. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me about the show, maybe you got some movie recommendations. Maybe there's another actor we should profile on the show. Uh, you can reach me at Movies That Matter Pod at Gmail. Also, Movies That Matter Pod on Instagram. And the Twitter is dead, so don't. I deleted it. Don't look for me on Twitter or X, whatever it's called. I don't, I don't know. know what it's called anymore. I'm not there anymore. <laughs> well, the show's not there anymore. I'm still there, but not much longer. All right, folks. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, the world is a crazy place. Don't forget to watch what you love. Entertainment is subjective, and that's not a bad thing. There's been movies that matter. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>